Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. Be a part of that. Well, pull out. All right, well, today we're going to continue talking about the important subject of praise, specifically praising God. In fact, we're going to look at praise and worship and how they relate to us and our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I look at worship personally as thanking God for who he is, his qualities, his attributes, and his character. And I also think that praise is thanking God for what he does, his blessings, his provision, and his activity in our lives. In other words, worship is thanking, worship is thanking God for who he is, and praise is thanking God for what he does. Now, really, this might be an oversimplification, but it's the way that I generally see our thankful response to God as laid out in the Bible. An example of both praise and worship is found in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Chapter 8, verses 5 and 6 say, Ezra opened the book. Now the book here is the book of the law. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen. Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now, ultimately, the differences between praise and worship are really outweighed by their similarities. They seem to be different aspects of the same thing instead of one versus the other. In the end, they are both part of the common goal of getting closer to God. Now, the English word worship is derived from an old English compound word, worthship and it constitutes those actions and attitudes that revere and honor the worthiness of the great god of heaven and of earth thus worship is god-centered and it's not man-centered praise and worship are not just a church thing though it's easy to do it here but it's not just for church we can praise and worship at home in the car on a hike and in a church service. Praise and worship come from our thankful hearts. They flow out of gratitude to God for who he is, and again, for what he does. So the question is, how can we learn to worship and praise the Lord? Well, I believe the first way that we can do this is by choosing to be thankful. Simply by choosing to be thankful. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us to Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice it does not say that we are to give thanks for all circumstances, but it does say to give thanks in all circumstances. The idea is that we can, we can and we should be thankful to God, and we should praise him in spite of the negative circumstances or situations that we sometimes find ourselves in. Remember, God's character does not change, and he's with us during the good times and the bad times. Now, with that being said, Ephesians 5.20 instructs us to conduct ourselves by always 
giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this verse tells us to not only give thanks to God always, but it also says to give God thanks for all things. Now it seems like a contradiction here compared to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, but really I don't view it as a contradiction. I see it as a deeper word of instruction for those who are farther along in their relationship with Christ. Generally speaking, it is in the difficult times of life that we grow the most. I also conclude that we can do this by keeping Romans 8.28 in mind. It says, we know that in everything, God works for the good of those who love him. They are the people he called because that was his plan. You really can trust that God knows what he's doing. The Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 11 and 12, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to all. He really is worthy of all of our praise. Now, the second way that we can learn to worship and praise is simply by expressing gratitude. By expressing gratitude. We mistakenly tend to only associate praise and worship with music, specifically the Sunday morning worship service. Even though we do praise and worship together here on Sundays, it really should be a regular personal practice, an overflow of our relationship with Christ that we participate in each and every day. We can live in an attitude of gratitude. Max Lucado has said, gratitude gets us through the hard stuff. To reflect on your blessings is to rehearse God's accomplishments. To rehearse God's accomplishments is to discover his heart. To discover his heart is to discover not just good gifts, but the good giver. Gratitude always leaves us looking at God and away from dread. It does to anxiety what the morning sun does to valley mist. It burns it up. Now the third way that we can learn to worship and praise is simply by filling your mind and your heart with good and godly things. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now the fourth way to learn to worship and praise is, to, is closely related to number three, and it is by keeping out negativity. By keeping out negativity. Too much Fox News. Hello? CNN, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and on and on. These really can have a tremendous effect on us. And I'm really not suggesting that these can't be a part of our lives, but what I am saying is that if we have a steady diet of these heavy influencers, then you and I will likely tend to be negative, fearful, angry, and maybe even paranoid. Think of it like this. If I go to Olive Garden every night and I eat unlimited pasta and breadsticks, and then I go to Cold Stone afterwards and eat a lot of ice cream, 
it's not going to be very long until I am having a health problem. I'm going to need to uh, go on a crash diet and, and turn things around. But the same is true of our media and social media intake. If I want to be a more positive and a more thankful person, then I need to focus on the positive. And better yet, I need to focus on the godly things in life. And most importantly, I need to focus on the Lord and his word and apply them to my life. Now, the fifth way to learn to worship and praise is by putting on an attitude of praise and worship every day. Put on an attitude of worship and praise every single day. Now, I think of it kind of like this. Have you ever worked really hard, maybe late into the night? It might have been a job or a project that caused you to get your clothes really dirty. You came into your house late, your clothes were filthy, and you barely had enough strength, let alone the willpower to get a shower, but you managed to get one anyway. So you're clean, but the clothes you had on may have gone into the laundry basket or onto the floor, gentlemen, where you dropped them. You get into bed, you get all the sleep you can, only to get up the next morning and have to do it all over again. Now, you wouldn't do this, but somebody you know would. They get up, they're clean, you're clean, and they grab those filthy, nasty clothes that they had on the night before, and they put them right back on. I know, that's pretty gross. But isn't that what we sometimes do spiritually and emotionally? Instead of putting on a new, fresh, and clean attitude, an attitude of praise and worship, we tend to carry over the negativity and poverty mentality from the day before. Ephesians 2, excuse me, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says, You were taught with, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, how is that joy expressed? It comes out as praise and worship. Many of us don't know how to praise because we are still holding on to the filth of yesterday. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Sometimes praise and worship are loud, demonstrative, but other, other times they're expressed quietly and with little demonstration. Many of us make the mistake of equating emotion and animation with a certain level or quality of the worship experience. While worship and praise are oftentimes accompanied by music and singing, worship and praise are not confined to that format. First of all, worship should not be looked at as an experience. It should be seen as an expression, an extension, if you will, of our relationship with Christ. Jesus never said that we should only worship him and praise him when we're here at Life Church. He never said we should only thank him and honor him when other Christian people are around. He never said that we should only give him his due when we're listening to Caleb and we get inspired by our favorite song. But what he did indicate in the book of John is that we can and must worship him in spirit and in truth. But what does that look like? It's worshiping as if God were the only one around. He's an audience of one. 
Our worship and praise is done in a way that is complementary and in keeping with his nature, in keeping with his character. It is done both privately and corporately in a way that draws attention to God and not attention to ourselves. Oftentimes, I believe there's some confusion as to whom and for whom worship is all about. Now, with that said, we clearly do benefit from worshiping and praising God in the following three ways. We honor God as God, which is an act of obedience. It's an act of obedience. Second, we get the focus off ourselves, which reduces self-centeredness. And third, we gain better perspective and spiritual strength when we spend time with the Lord. But we must never forget who the focus of our worship and praise should be. Simply put, it's all about Jesus. Now many people, hear me, many people confuse our worship services for entertainment. They confuse our worship services for entertainment and something like a concert. And that would be a huge mistake. What our worship team is trying to do is to lead us in music that can serve as a pathway of praise to the Lord. But let's not be confused. Music and singing are outward manifestations of the worship for Christ that comes from within. So let me challenge you today to not only actively express your worship and praise here on Sundays, but let me also encourage you to express your worship and praise all throughout the week. Worship and praise can be given in a lot of different ways. In addition to doing so through music and singing, we can do it by telling the truth. Simply by telling the truth. By helping our neighbor. By obeying our boss. By honoring and respecting our parents. And by putting in an honest day's work. We can practice a lifestyle of praise and worship. Now, you may never have thought about worshiping and praising God in this way. And that might be because you were guilty of compartmentalizing your life. You might ask, well, what does that mean? That is when we worship and praise God on Sunday morning, but we don't do it again until the following Sunday. What's that all about? If he's worthy of praise and worship on Sunday, he's worthy of worship and praise on Tuesday. Amen. That's really good. I'm glad you said that. But it might also look like this. I might worship and praise the Lord on Sunday morning and then, and then live immorally or run my business unethically all week long. Or I might outwardly worship and praise God here, but then go to a restaurant and treat my server with unkindness and stinginess. Ouch. These practices do not honor the Lord Jesus Christ, and they certainly don't express honor and praise to the God of the universe and respect for his creation. Now keep in mind, none of these are rocket science, but it's going to take the following three things. First of all, it's going to take the will and desire to do it. The will and desire to do it. Second, it's going to take the determination to make it a part of your life. And third, it's going to take the dedication to be in a close relationship with Christ. And from there, praise and worship will naturally flow from you. Now, as I conclude, I want to tell you a story. Prior to moving to Utah in 1998, Karen and I served as senior pastors at a church in Colorado. 
it was a challenging church. It was difficult. There were some good people there, but there were some nasty people there too. You ever met some nasty people? Sometimes we're all nasty, let's be honest. <laughs> it was a difficult church to say the least. It had had more than 30 pastors in its 45-year history. The average pastor had only stayed for about a year, some less. I think there was one that stayed for about three months. I'm not even sure his U-Haul was unloaded. He might have just kept it in the driveway, I don't know. But again, the average pastor stayed for only about a year. We lasted a year and nine months. We should have gotten a trophy for that. Matter of fact, let's work on that. Get me a trophy, would you? I'm teasing. Now, I should have felt good that we had an above-average tenure, but the opposite was true. In fact, after being beaten down for all those months, and once we had resigned and moved away, I experienced a deep sense of failure, and I was hurt. Unfortunately, I entered a time of significant depression. This lasted for over a year. I prayed Excuse me, I played all of the what-ifs and what-abouts over and over in my mind. What could I have done differently? Did I do that right? Did I do that wrong? You know, God, show me what I should have done differently. But I could not separate my perceived failure and rejection from people from what I thought was rejection by God. After months of struggling with these emotions, I began to prepare to write a book and I would not recommend this. But I began to prepare to write a book that I was going to call Pastors in the Hands of an Angry Church. But one day as I was in prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, not audibly, but in my heart, in my mind. And he said, if you write that book, you will never, ever move on from this place of hurt. Not long after, on another occasion while I was in prayer... I was asking God to help me with a depression that I was experiencing. God, you've got to take this away. I need to be able to think clearly. I need to be able to live life abundantly like you've promised. And as clearly as I'm speaking to you today, again, not audibly, but in my heart, the Holy Spirit said three words. You might want to write these down. He said three words, and that's it. Just praise me. Just praise me. And I can tell you, at first I was stunned that the Holy Spirit would speak to me again. But to make it so clear, I was blown away. But over the next few weeks and months, I began to implement that. And I would just praise Him, regardless of how I felt, regardless of the situation we were in, regardless of the circumstances. And the Lord brought us through that time. The depression left we had a wonderful opportunity to come to Utah. And again, we've been here since 1998. So what I'm trying to... What he was trying to show me is that I needed to get the focus off myself and put it where it should have been the whole time. Not on people, not on me, but on him. I'm not sure what your circumstances are today, but I think I can safely guess that all of us could stand to worship and praise just a little bit more. Whether you're in a place of peace or a place of pain, 
the Lord is saying these three words, just praise me. This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.